welcome to another episode of the Pedestrian Podcast. Join myself, as ever, Stuart Court is, as ever, Mr. Adam Nathan. How are we, sir? I'm good. I'm six days away from a trim. I'm looking at our guest on, on Zoom and he's clearly had a fresh trim. He's looking good, but this hair is just outrageous now. It's been four months and we're, we're six days away, Stu, from, from the, the day that we can get a trim. And I cannot wait. Let me tell you, I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, in, in, uh, in Derek, Richard Gervais' Derek, there's a line where Carl Bilkinson's talking about why he went bold and it's this part stayed and that part fucked off. And that's exactly what I'm going through <laughs> over the last five, six months. So yeah, the, the barbers will be open, the barbers will be visited, but it's just uh, it's a salvage job for me at this point. Uh, we are joined this week by former Oregon State cornerback Nashawn Wright, who's, who is just a few weeks away from hopefully hearing his name called during the NFL draft at the end of April. Welcome to the podcast, Nashawn. Thank you. Uh, how How is everything? As I said, a few weeks away from the draft and hopefully hearing your name called. How's everything of your side of uh, America? Uh, everything's been good. I'm kind of just hanging out, um, working out and just kind of finally been able to relax, I guess. <laughs> and so what was it like going into, you know, what you probably thought was going to be your last college season, let's say 12 months ago, where everyone's getting ready for, you know, how camp's going to go. And and all, all of a sudden the pandemic hits and yeah. the season is going to be torn to, to shreds. And, you know, the Pac-12 especially, you didn't really get much of a season at all. So how did that feel going into it? You you, you thinking this is my time to, to really shine, get some great tape out. And all of a sudden thing, things just go crazy for you. Well, for me, mine was kind of mine was kind of my process was pretty slow because uh, last year I had uh, so twelve months ago I had just had got a surgery done, so mm-hmm. I was I was still re- I was doing rehab. I was probably one month out of surgery, so I was still rehabbing, doing the little thing. So um, wasn't so much really thinking about it being my last season, but um, I guess as the year went on and things started to go good for me. Um, that's kind of when I started to think about it. And then maybe like right towards the end of the season, I kind of knew this is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I, my, yeah, my process kind of happened slowly. I didn't, it really didn't come about until me playing good. I kind of put, I put it on a back burner just because I didn't want that on my mind. And then it took away from what I needed to do during the season. Was it a tough decision to leave Oregon State? And what went into that decision over the few? Because obviously there's a deadline to make a decision for juniors as you were. What went into leaving instead of going back for another run in 2021? Uh, a bunch of different things. Uh, like my family dynamic, uh, mm-hmm. That then um, I have a fiance, so just wanted to be with her a little bit more. Uh, and then I and then I'm 22 now, so if I would have stayed another year, I'd have been 23 going into my last. Well, going into yeah, I'd have been 23 next season, and then going into my rookie year, I'd have been a 24 year old rookie. Yeah. So that. Uh, and then like kind of wanting to step out the way and let my brother kind of mm-hmm. 
to do what he needed to do so he can potentially get to this point. So a little bit, of, a little bit of everything for me. Yeah, I remember listening to uh, I think a Seahawk player got drafted. I think it was Kevin Norwood years ago. I don't know why I remember that. And he was asked on you know on uh, on the radio, "What's it like being being a pro player now versus college?" He said, "Man, it's so good not having to do the homework." Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> what's it what's it like? I mean, you know, we all know that when you guys are playing at college, you're you're almost pro athletes in how much you have to do, and you mm-hmm. have to juggle class. I mean, it must be a really chaotic schedule. Um, for you how have you managed to get through that in the last couple of years it doesn't sound easy I mean well it's pretty easy they I mean they set it up to where it's like a strict schedule that we have to follow so like you go to practice in the morning and you go to your classes and you go to meetings and then like um, for like the freshmen sophomores or people who just struggle in school um, like, so, so when I first got there, they had me in study hall. So I'd go to study hall for two hours. You'd be there for two hours. Then you get home at eight o'clock, eat, shower, do whatever you need to do and go to sleep. And you just repeat that every day. So it was, it was pretty repetitive, but it was a strict schedule so that we were always on top of schoolwork and then able to still play football. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the conversations been like with teams, your agencies or a gauge on, where you'll hear your name called in a few weeks' time and what like the interest is and what what teams are gonna want you to do at the next level? Well, I don't I mean, I've I've spoken with um a handful of teams. Uh not really so much hearing like what round or my like our me my thing with me and my agents get my foot in the door. So whether it be mm the third round or the seventh round. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just be, get, just hearing my name call would be a blessing. So, um, but obviously we have a goal in mind and where where we want to at least like, if hear my name call, but if that doesn't happen, then we just know that there's more work that has to be done. Yeah. Um, but um, not, I mean, I've, I've had, I've had, I have a strong idea of like what couple teams are somewhat interested, um, but I think with like they don't they don't really try to show interest. It's more so kind of trying they try to gauge me and see how I am mm-hmm. as a football player on and off the field, and then like yeah. So I mean, no teams. I yeah, no teams really show really like show interest. It's kind of like. I don't know. Each team, they all ask the same things, uh, go over the same place. So it's, I, I don't know. Adam, <laughs> in terms of the the jump, so a lot of uh, people over here watch Last Chance You. It's a hugely successful show on Netflix. Most of my friends watch it. What's that jump like? Going from like a JUCO level to Oregon State. I mean, was it the first time when you got to Oregon State where you weren't the best player? on the field? Did, you know, did, did that have a weird feeling for you? No. Um, I've never, I guess I've never really been considered to be the best player on the field. I've always just, I've always worked. Like, so when I got there, like it wasn't too much. Di- it wasn't different. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess when I got there, I guess Oregon state, they have their, they had their players that they knew were good. So I had to just basically come in and show that, I, I could hang with the with the best of them. So that was that. And then um, the biggest jump was really just 
I guess picking up the speed of the game, um, it got it became a little bit more complex, like um, actually having to watch film on your own and pick up tendencies from the receiver that you're going to guard this week. Like just certain little things that you really didn't have to do in JUCO. JUCO is kind of like you watch film, you go to practice, and then kind of go and you kind of show up and 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 just play. Um, and then obviously we were my year we won a state championship, so we obviously were better than a lot of teams. So um, that was kind of easy. But yeah, I guess the biggest transition was just picking up the mental part of um, playing football. Yeah. And so during all this process, you, you said earlier you've been working, working out a lot, working on out with training. Is there anything in particular you've been working on? Or is it just a case of staying on the hamster wheel and being being and staying prepared for whatever comes next? Well, yeah. So now that I'm, I mean, I'm back home. I'm. So when I was training for like the combine and pro day, it was more like geared towards the specific drills. Mm-hmm. that we would do at our pro day. So now that I'm home, I'm kind of honing in on the things that I feel that I need to get better on. So playing like off coverage and backpedaling and open and breaking. So just getting them in and out of my breaks is kind of, I think, biggest thing for me. And then just um, obviously sharpening my tools and playing press, which I, I mean, I love to play press. Like that's probably my favorite thing to do, but um, just honing in on like all the little things, uh, especially like playing off coverage. Cause, uh, I, I would like, to, I, I, I like to say I rarely did it in college. Um, especially this past season, this past season, it was mostly me pressing. So just working on just cleaning my feet up, getting in that, in and out of breaks. So, so one of our friends over here is, he, he's a, so defensive back, defensive side of the ball, savant, really. Uh, Matty Brown, he's on Twitter. He's he's hyped you up over the last couple of weeks, uh, publicly and privately. He wanted me to ask what technique it was that you were, asked, you were playing at uh, Oregon State. Obviously, in Seattle with Pete Carroll, it's the step-kick technique. So he wants to know what you played at OSU and if you could talk through what that looks like for us, us uh, less smart people when we watch games in the fall? Yeah, so um, I I did a I, I, I step and kick um, just because I was long um, and like um, I used this past season I, I played more so head up than inside just because um, I didn't want to give away the outside release so much so um, I play step and kick. So basically, I'm just I'm at the line. I'm kind of splitting the receiver's body in half with my body, um, and I'm stepping for leverage. Whether if, whether if it's to my right or to my left, just depending on what side of the field I'm playing on. So I step for leverage, and basically from there, I'm just kind of waiting on the receiver's move, like whether he's gonna like if he's gonna try to press me vertical, if he's gonna kind of dance at the line. And then I just try to get my hands on, really. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing for me is getting my hands on at the line. Yeah. When you're um, you're watching the the league on Sundays and, you know, 
please God, yeah, we can get you there at some point. Are there teams that you watch and think, you know, man, I'd love to play in that team. I mean, Stuart and I both unfortunately went undrafted uh, when, when we came out of college. Yeah, we just didn't quite make it. But, uh, you know, you, you're hopefully going to be there. Um, you know, do you watch particular games or players or teams and think, man, I'd really love to, to be a part of that? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, I mean, at this point, I'm a fan of all 32 teams, so... That's a smart answer. That's, that's yeah. the right answer. You, you, <laughs> the GMs are watching. That's the right answer. <laughs> yeah, so whatever team grabs me, grabs me. But, um, I mean, there's no one specific scheme that I feel that I fit in. I feel like I can do basically everything. I mean, especially, I mean, I played at Oregon State. We played basically, man, like all of our, all of our coverages were kind of man-based. Like our concepts were kind of man for the corners, at least. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I feel like I fit in any system, but um, I mean, I, I I watch players. I watch players like um, Richard Sherman, uh, Joe Hayden, and then, of course, like Jalen Ramsey. But for Jalen Ramsey, not so much for the, the technique part of the game. Just I think Jalen Ramsey, you just – you get a kick out of just watching him play just because of the swagger mm-hmm. and just how he plays the game, like. I don't think not too many can play play the game how he plays it. Yeah. So is it the Shermans of the world who made you want to like uh, specialize as a cornerback? Because I'm guessing when you're in high school, or maybe even when you got to Laney, that you were kind of playing every which way you could to get on the field. Is there a player or thing that you you thought you were good at that made you decide to specialize as a cornerback? Nah. So my story with playing corner was literally like one day. Um, the defensive coordinator came to me and was like, because before I played receiver, so um, literally the defensive coordinator came to me and was like, come play, def- come play defense for me. And I was like, okay. I mean, and I had always watched, like, like when you watch highlights, you kind of, especially like for college highlights, you watch, you watch like defensive highlights, like um, Tyron Matthew, like you watch kind of like those guys. So you and you get a kick out of just watching. I think defense is, I think it's like it's fun to watch. Like watching defense, you get a thrill out of it. Offense is all right. Um, so I, it wasn't one specific player that kind of made me want to play defense. But as I as I uh, got better at playing corner, I, I obviously try to pick up from pick up little things from each player. So like. For me, really was like kind of Richard Sherman, just because of how smart he was, and then like I mean our bodies we kind of stacked up the same, um, but just how smart he was, like how he was able to slow the the game down and and basically made it work for himself. Like he's arguably going to probably be a first ballot Hall of Famer when he's done. So yeah. Uh, did you find when you got to college and as you've moved up the levels that that idea of the game slowing down, is there a specific moment you can tell us where, you, where you're on the field and thinking, yeah, I've seen that on my tape study and th- this is exactly how I feel it is and I feel so comfortable with it now? Yeah, for sure. It happened to me a few times this season where I kind of picked up <clears throat> the the personnel um, and just kind of the, the, the personnel, the formation and splits. Mm-hmm. And it basically what I seen on film is basically what I got in the game. So um, it happened to me a few times this year. Um, it happened to me a couple of times against Oregon and then um, Washington. It happened for sure once. 
on the uh, I got a out and up, and they, they caught a pass in their friends on me. But like I knew the double move was coming, mm-hmm. so that happened a few times. Uh, and then this year, also this year against Washington State, the first game, we like the year before um, the coaching staff with Wazoo was at uh, Hawaii. So when we got in this specific def- defense, we knew what they liked to do against it. So we picked it up and um, unfortunately I didn't get the interception. My teammate, Jaden Grant got the interception. Like we literally both had our hand on it. He came down with it. Um, but yeah, that happens. So it yeah, definitely happened a few times where I just kind of picked up what I seen on film and, and took it and seen it on the field. And if you can describe it, what does that feel like to people like, you know, our listeners and me and Stu that will never play professional sports or, mm-hmm. or that level? What does that feel like when you can see the ball coming your way and it's like, this is mine in a big spot? Because it's got to be the best thing in the world. Um, well, like when the ball is coming your way and you kind of feel like it's yours, um, you really don't like everything blocks out. Like you literally like for me, like literally everything goes quiet. Like I don't hear nothing. Mm-hmm. It's literally just me and the ball. I don't hear. I don't hear nothing. And then, like, once I've got the ball, it's still kind of like uh, okay. And then <laughs> when it's over, then you be like, damn. Like we like then when the, when the play is over, then you kind of it's like damn. Like I really did that. It, it's it's. I think there's no better feeling than seeing something on film and on tape, and you get that same playing the game and you capitalize on it because I think that's the biggest part of playing defense is capitalizing on the offenses and mistakes and being able to pick up what they do. So it feels great, honestly. Like I really can't explain how it feels. It just feels good because <laughs> your, your coaches are happy, the sidelines pumped up. So, yeah. So a, f- a few weeks ago, I wrote a- about yourself as of someone who should be and could be a Seahawk at the end of April, that obviously the, the depth is thin that corner as we speak in your game and physicality and frame obviously certainly fits. What is the NFL team? Hopefully the Seahawks, even if if it's not, what are the, what is the NFL team and NFL fan base getting from the Sean Wright? If, if they end up with you in three, four weeks time. Uh, I think first you get um, a good, a good, good kid on and off the field, uh, someone who's like responsible. And then like on the field with, with the fans and, and the coaches are looking for is a playmaker. Um, someone just that has a natural knack for the game of football. Like um, not, I think not too many people are in it just for football. I think a lot of people are in it for the, for what you get from it. Um, I mean, I've been playing football my whole life, so free. So um I mean, and people ask me like, "Would you would you still play it if if you were playing free?" And, I, and I'm like, "Yeah." So someone who just loves the game of football, regardless of what I'm getting from it or anything. Yeah. Uh, so we we saw in Seattle a few years ago when Sherman left and Shaq Griffin moved from one side of the field at cornerback to the other, and it appeared to be a tough transition for him initially. Is that something you've experienced in? And how tough is it to get the technique down? but in the opposite way. So you can play both outside spots. Is that something that is tough if you've had to deal with it or? What you said, like playing going to play like inside. Yeah. So like Shaq went from left to right and obviously he's using his opposite 
side oh, of his nah, body, yeah, wasn't no. he? No, is that is that a tough thing to? No, so yeah, for me at Oregon State, I mean, I play left and right. It was just kind of based, like some games I start at right corner, some games I start at left corner. It really didn't like what what side of the field doesn't really play a factor in the like. Um, I mean, you get the same thing on the left and the right side of the field, just based on formation and stuff. So, not it's not something that I that I I would struggle with. But I mean, I don't know how a lot of teams play it. Some like um in college for me, it was either you played in the field or you played in the boundary. And then I know, like in a league, it's kind of like left corner or right corner type Mm -hmm. thing. So, but I did both. So, I don't think it'll be it wouldn't be a hard transition for me. I don't think. How are you feeling now, kind of mentally? Obviously, you've done all this work. As you say, you've played for free for what must be 15 years now to get to this stage. And you're, yeah. in, the month, you're in the month where hopefully it's all going to come to a head and you, know, you can support your family, your fiance. I mean, is it excitement? Are you kind of checking the calendar every morning thinking, damn, why isn't it April 29th? I, I need the draft to be uh, now. I mean, what's, what's it feel like now? Uh, I think I'm anxious, kind of just excited for what's next to come not some for me it's not so much excitement just because the excited is like when you've when you've accomplished and you've gotten to where you want to be and I'm not there yet so I'm not excited just more more so anxious um me I try to play it cool I'm like pretty humble about my my accomplishments and stuff like that so when people ask me like I kind of like I try to like brush it off so yeah <laughs> I'm yeah, kind of anxious. Like I don't, I really don't know. I'm still working. Um, this I'm, for me, it's still a lot of work to be done. Like I've only been playing the cornerback position for three years, so I'm still new booty. So uh, <laughs> still working um, and just letting the days go by. Um, April is pretty a pretty busy month for me. One of my friends is having a baby shower. Uh, then like um, a barber, like that's very close to me. He's trying to do something for himself. So I'm helping him with that. And then I'm also in the process of like, um, starting up like my own YouTube. So my older brother does videography. So we're, we're like recording my day-to-day, um, life and like mm-hmm. how, like how my day goes, what I eat and just stuff like that. So I'm kind of busy for the month of <laughs> April. And then when April 29 comes, I'm gonna sit back and, I'm hoping to hear five, four to five corners go in the first round. And then from there, it's kind of just sit back and let the cards unfold how they may. So that's, where, that's what it is. Where are you right now? Where, and where will you be watching? Uh, like, where in the States are you? And who, who's going to be there for the draft? Uh, I'm in California. Um, so Friday, uh, we're going to be at my mom's house. And we're just going to kind of just, I mean, like my immediate family, my fiance and her immediate family, we're kind of just going to sit down and kind of just let it all unfold and if if I get a call on on Friday that would be great and then if not just kind of see what happens on Saturday and just kind of and then Saturday we're going to actually probably throw like a party um just uh, figure it out uh I gotta I don't know how it all works but uh (laughs) Yeah, I'm just yeah. sit back and sit back and relax. Really, it's so uh, the Seahawks do a thing where they kind of record the phone call when the team select a player, and I think the Colts are doing a similar as well. Have you allowed yourself to imagine what that phone call was going to be like and how you're going to 
And what, what like, it, re- your reaction would be like to the 206 area code jumping up on your phone? It'll definitely be emotional um, for whatever team calls me. Um, just because my dad's not here to see it happen. Um, and then, like, this is just a childhood dream of mine. I've, I've worked countless hours. Like, I only, I've put in, like, yeah, countless hours. So just for it to all come to, to fruition and, like, I literally, like, I've been manifesting this since I was six or seven years old. So for it to all come to come true or I don't even know how to put it, but for it to just happen, it's definitely going to be crazy. So it'll be emotional. I'll probably, sh- I'll probably cry a little bit. Um, <laughs> it'll definitely be cool. And then after my family and I, we're probably going to turn up. Uh, I don't <laughs> drink, so everybody else will probably drink. <laughs> I might drink some, like, uh, some, uh, what is it, Stella Rosa or something. Yeah. Some wine that tastes like juice. <laughs> or some, uh, Apple think, cider. Yeah. You've, been, you've been waiting a long time for this, but I think when that phone rings, I think we have to let it ring twice. Just, we don't want to pick the phone up straight oh, no, away. No, I think I'm picking you, it up right away. Oh, I <laughs> don't know. Because I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to miss the call and then they call, they pick somebody else. Because I get a phone call. I'm like, the day we, on Thursday, I'm going to put out a, a message. Tell all my family members, do not text me, do not call me. Call my mom. If you need anything, call my mom, call my fiance, do not call me. So when that number rings and whatever area code it is, I'm picking it up right away. They probably yeah. yeah. Have you got have you got any friends that you need to watch out for that might kind of uh try the no caller ID thing or is it is no no one's gonna be that nasty to you? No, I don't think they're going to do that. I hope they don't. <laughs> so uh, you played two years at Oregon State. You went there from Duke Laney College, as we said earlier. The school was the focus of the last year, the football side of things, the last chance you. John Beam is the coach, the man down there. What was mm-hmm. he like to play for? And how did that time at Laney and then stepping on to oh, up to Corvallis prepare you for what is coming this month? Uh, I mean, playing here for Coach Beam was... Um, Amazing. Uh, I mean, we won to say championships, so that was crazy. And then, like, um, just throughout that whole process, and even now, like, he still helps me. Like, I'm actually – this is – like, I'll be training at Laney, working out, lifting at Laney for the next what, – what's today, the the 6th? Yeah. yeah. So, for the next 23 days, I'll be working out there. Um, kind of just – and like me and Bean, we talk. He's kind of, now he's kind of asking me the business side about it, like um, where do I want to live um, in the off season, stuff like that. But playing for Bean was amazing. Like he's a he's a great guy. Um, like he's he, I, I think he's a better he's a better man than he is a coach. Like mm-hmm. Coach Bean, like Coach Bean will tell you, like Coach Bean loves to run the ball. And he's going to run the ball until mm-hmm. it works. So. Um, He's kind of like that type of coach. He's kind of like a ground and pound. He don't believe in putting the ball in the air too much. So, but Beam is like, for me, Beam is definitely a better, better person off the field than he is a coach. Because as a coach, he's he's very passionate, um, and he doesn't like you if you're not doing good. So, but off the field, like he's an amazing dude. Uh, he helped me through my like my troubles and hard times while I was in JUCO. So. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, and then when I was in college, he always called and checked on me. And even now, like he, 
Coach Bean was actually a big part in like uh, my agent selection. Like he helped me with picking the agent, and so Bean has kind of always been every step of the way. So he has both. He has, he has both of my phone numbers, my personal and business <laughs> phone number. So Bean is probably gonna be in my life until forever. It's um, it's fascinating watching those programs because. Obviously, a lot of people are at colleges like Laney to get out and get on to the next place. And as a result, a lot of the guys have quite a self-centered, I don't want to say selfish, but they're thinking about themselves and how they get out. But as you know, it's the ultimate team game. And in quite a few of those seasons, the team has suffered because people are being so individualistic that they're not thinking about the collective. Mm-hmm. Is that what the coach is there for more than anything, more than the X's and O's? It's trying to bring the group of guys together. And did you feel like you had a, you know, obviously a good group of guys with you that, that everyone lifted everyone up instead of people play, playing for themselves? Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, there was always like, of course, like you're going to be kind of self-centered. Like there was times I practiced and I'm like, like, why haven't I gotten an offer? And um, and Beam and Beam is the guy you go to because Beam is gonna keep it keep it real with you. He's never Beam isn't the type of guy to sugarcoat you. Like if he if he believe I like there was times where he'd be like you're not you're not ready to go play college football. Like you need to do another year here and stuff like that. Like he would tell me what I didn't want to hear. So yeah, definitely. I think Beam like Beam did a good job of kind of like. <laughs> putting people in their place, letting them know, and just telling us, like, for me, his thing would be be patient. Like, it'll happen for you. And, like, soon soon, soon enough for me, like, right after the season, um, maybe, like, two weeks after um, our state championship, uh, I got my first offer to San Diego State. And then from there, it kind of just started to pick up, start getting a bunch of offers. And then um, in June, Oregon State offered me. Um, at that time, Oregon State was my only Power 5 offer. So I was like – you know what? It's Pac-12. It's Power Five. I'm gonna go. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, um, I could have done another year and probably had every offer in the country. But um, my ultimate goal was to get to college, get a degree, and 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 get out. And um, I've done that so far. Like my my plan is gone is gone pretty well. Like it, everything I said I was gonna do up until this point, I've done. So yeah. now I was just trying to figure out where I'll be. <laughs> so your 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 younger brother was one of the stars, one of the focused players on that series at Laney. He he mm-hmm. follows you to Oregon State. You talked about John Beam and how he's kind of like overlooked and helped you every step of the way. How was it one playing with your brother at Laney in Oregon State, and how has that been for you to like kind of help guide him through um, the process and journey you went through two years ago? Uh, it's, it was cool. Um, I guess, like, all my life, we've always played together. Um, a few years I played up because I'm older than him. But, mm-hmm. like, his thing, he always played – like, Ray always played up in, the, in like, age. So, he was 10 playing, 10 playing with 11 and 12-year-olds. So, um, it, it was definitely fun watching him play. I mean, and I, playing with him um, was cool. And then, so, I mean, I think it's also – it was also, it was a good and bad thing because I feel like me being there kind of stagnated stagnated him and then now that I'm gone I think he's actually like especially now that I'm where I'm at now it's a I think it's a little bit more motivation like seeing that this can actually be done so like he's working his tail off now but it was definitely cool just being able to play with him 
And I think him watching me work how I did and stuff like that, he picked up on little things and he's always been him. He's always been his own person. So he does, he does what he wants to as well. But um, he's definitely, it was definitely cool though, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, one, one more thing on Laney is obviously in Oakland and as Seahawks fans, we've kind of like, uh, indirectly become aware of that community and through Marshall yeah. Lynch. Obviously, there's quite a few shots in that series where Beast Mode apparel is everywhere. What what impact has that man had and continued to have on that community and a place where you play football like so in close in such close proximity to? Um, I think it's just being able just just I think watching Marshawn Lynch and um, us like well, being from the Bay Area, you kind we kind of understand his lingo and stuff like that. Like when he was like, "Take care of your chicken," like we know we know what he's talking about. So I think, but just seeing just seeing him do what he did in the league kind of gives you like hope and motivation. Like knowing that, like again, that it can be done. Like he went to California University, got a degree, and went to the NFL and made a boatload of money like it can be done if if you if you apply yourself um and then he's always he's always had like a, a hand in the community from what i know like i'm not from the open area but i mean um i kind of not, not i didn't really grow up out here but like i i have a bunch of friends from oakland um i also i played pop warner football in oakland with the east bay warriors um so he's always had a a, a hand in the community so just seeing that done is like, like my like my motivation. Like I want to have a helping hand in my community and where I'm from. Yeah. So yeah, Marshawn, like yeah, definitely. Yeah. Marshawn, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, like those are guys that have been out here, kind of know what it's like. Yeah. Um, Devontae Adams, Keyshawn Johnson, like it, there's a bunch of guys like I can name that are from. This this side of the the water or that this area that um I can say I look up to and kind of people that motivate me is it Oregon State the running back Jamar Jefferson is there anyone else who people who are going to be watching in the draft that should should uh, look up look up look into look up on and get ready to hit hear their name called and play for their team um, on Sundays. Hamaker Rashid, um, he should be one guy that that that'll get his name called. Um, and then hopefully my guy Isaiah Dunn. Like uh, I think he put on the, I think he showed a lot of teams that he can he can play. Like <clears throat> he's he's very athletic. He has the ability. Like um, so he he may like he may sneak in there. There's yeah, Oregon State. I think in the next couple of years to come will probably be a dominant program just because of the way, the way it's been going, like the upward trend that they've been having there in Corvallis. Uh, And then they have a great coaching staff, like just a bunch of great guys and great players. So the next coming year, you probably see a lot more, a lot more people, but I'm hoping like all, like the four people that participated in the pro day this past Thursday. um, I hope we all get our name called, Um, but yeah. What's what's being in a pro day like? Because even by name itself, everyone knows what it's there for. It's for you to show off your skills to mm-hmm. hopefully progress your life and career. I mean, 
I'd be terrified and I wouldn't catch a cold, let alone catch a pass on a day like that. So what, what's that like uh, mentally going into it? Um, for me, I was, I'm like, I'm a, I'm like a cool, calm and collect guy. Like I don't, I don't let a lot get to me um, because a lot has happened to me in my life. So stuff like this, like it's kind of like second, second nature to me. Like me, I went into a cool with a smile on my face. Um, I wasn't nervous at all. Um, again, I was just anxious. Like I was ready to show teams that like show teams what I could do. Um, I've been playing football all my life. So, um, I wasn't nervous about catching a ball or running because I, I mean, I know this is what I can do. So just going, I went into it relaxed, uh, just, just ready to show what I can do. Um, so that, yeah, that was, that's what it was for me. I wasn't nervous. It's kind of, it's kind of preparing myself mentally f- for these types of moments. So mm-hmm. when I get to that, that moment, it's kind of like, all right, I've rehearsed this. I, I've done this before. So let's do it again. So that's what it is for me. I wasn't nervous or anything. Uh, so we, we talked a few weeks time. You'll be sitting around having a party with your, um, with your f- closest and with your family. Now, Adam is a caterer by trade. So if you could ask Adam for, to provide you with one plate of food or one cook up one meal, what would that be for that drafting moment? Yeah. What's that celebratory meal going to be like? Uh, I don't know. I, I think my, um, my uncle would be on the grill, but I think, I don't know anything. I, I, I eat a, a plethora of stuff. I, I'll eat whatever as long as it's good. Uh, but if, if someone, if, if they can, you know, it's your day. You're going to the NFL. You you caught yeah. the shots now. What 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 are you demanding on that plate? Because that that's what we really want to want to hear the, the detail about that sort of stuff. Uh, well, me like I like I love macaroni and cheese. Uh, some type of rib, some type of barbecue, mm-hmm. um, baked beans, uh, potato salad. Really, anything like a, some type of Fourth of July meal. Like what I would what I would eat on Fourth of July, something like that. That sounds like a pretty pretty good way to uh, to start everything off. And if yeah. there was, and, and we, we always ask if there's something that is not allowed anywhere near that plate. So for me, it's tuna fish in a can. I can't even smell the stuff. Uh-huh. I hate it. So what what's what what are we just you know? It's the NFL stars not not having this anymore. So what's what what you're not having again? What am I not having? Mm, what do I? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I don't like, but. I don't know anything that's nasty, really. I'm, I'm that's, that's a good. That's, that's a good place to start, I guess. <laughs> I'm bring nothing that's nasty. Uh, so yeah, my mom doesn't. My mom doesn't cook anything that I don't like. So uh, nice. Mine too, and my mom's listening to this show. I think so. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of about her. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that I've found that I didn't like was me going out exploring <laughs> trying to eat so yeah my mom has never really, i don't think she's ever cooked anything that i don't like uh so as long as she don't bring nothing that she's never brought uh, <laughs> i think we'll be fine nice uh so where can people on the social media where can people follow your next few weeks and obviously the next step of your journey and join your nfl career where can people catch you and dap you up on socials yeah, so my Instagram handle is Young Hefe. It's Y N G H E F E underscore, and then my Twitter handler is um, at N A H W R I G. I'm usually always on Instagram and Twitter. Those are kind of the two things I'm on. You can't have my Snapchat, but uh, <laughs> I rarely use that. 
And then I go on Facebook just a little bit for like my mom because my mom heavy on Facebook. My Facebook name is my name. So, um, yeah. Awesome. So I really do appreciate your time. We understand it's a really busy time for you and obviously a massive uh, like landmark moment for you in the, in the next few weeks as well. So we really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us two Brits. So the California, Seattle link has somewhat been somewhat busy over the past decade or so. And as I wrote, and as I said earlier, I do hope it continues at the end of April when we see you play on Sundays anywhere, but obviously specifically in Seattle would be pretty cool <laughs> and a good addition to that DB room, Nisham. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we want to, we, we want one of those jerseys when you, when you sign up for someone. So, uh, you know, right, y'all just got to hit me because there's probably going to be a bunch of people asking for uh, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think we'd be the first people to ask. So we'll have to get, we'll have to get in that line pretty quick. All right, yeah, just, just hit me. Will do. Cheers, Nisham. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining Appreciate us. It. Thank you.